question, when did people first arrive in the Americas? About 13,000 years ago, at the end of the last ice age, the massive ice sheet had receded enough to create paths large enough so that mammoths and other prehistoric creatures could walk on the land bridge developed at the time. Humans then followed the game across the Bering Strait, what we now call Beringia, and made their way down through modern-day Alaska, Canada, the United States, and eventually to Central and South America. Thanks for listening to this edition. I'm sorry, this just in. None of what I said was true. This has been... No, wait, some of what I said might be true? Or all of what I said is true, but not the whole story? (sighs) I give up. No, no, I don't. Okay, let's start over. There are really no easy answers when it comes to the question of when humans first arrived in the Americas. We believe that the land bridge theory, which has been taught in schools as truth for decades, might have been true. But the people that crossed from Russia, if they did, weren't the only ones. And for schools and textbooks to keep making the same claim over and over and over again is really unfortunate. So who were the first peoples? Where are they from? How did they get here? Let's explore. Part 1. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We have already discussed the land bridge theory, if not in its complete form, at least a textbook recap of the theory in the opening of this podcast. But how do we know, or at least think we know, there was a land bridge and people were able to cross from it? First off, we don't actually know. We do, however, have a pretty good idea based on the amount of glaciers there were in the last ice age. With that being said, I should probably take a moment to discuss the glaciers of the last ice age. They were enormous. If you saw the movie Ice Age 2, when Manny and his squad climbed to the top of their glacier only to find a whole bunch of melted water, well, the movie probably did not do the glaciers justice. Think mountains of ice, thousands of feet high. It really is difficult to try to imagine glaciers that big, especially when most of ours today are melting. These glaciers would have been impassable. So we know that people, at least by land, weren't able to reach the Americas during the Ice Age. That is, until the glaciers started melting. Once that happened, there were two main centers of melt in what today we call the Americas. The melt in the north toward what we call the Arctic Ocean and Greenland today is known as the Laurentide Ice Sheet. To the west, following the Rocky Mountains to the Pacific Ocean, is called the Cordillerian Ice Sheet. The area between these two receding sheets of ice would have been an ice-free zone. The ice-free zone is what would have allowed ancient people to walk from Asia to the Americas, and it could only have formed in the last ice age about 13,000 years ago. For a long time, this was thought to be the most likely way people had gotten to the Americas, but there was no evidence to back it up. With all that as a prologue, our story begins in New Mexico in a place called Clovis. In 1929, Risley Whiteman was walking through the desert. He was not on any particular mission. He wasn't an archaeologist. He wasn't even a historian. 
he was a 19-year-old high school graduate who was planning on attending university to be an artist. As he was walking, undoubtedly finding inspiration for his artwork, I actually have no idea if that's true, or if he had just had an argument, say, with an overbearing father who forbade him from ever being an artist, and he left slamming the door vowing to be an artist because he was sure that was his destiny, and his father didn't understand, but enough about my problems. Anyway, Ridgely was walking in the desert for whatever reason, and he comes across a bone sticking out of the ground. He was excited by the size of this bone and sent a letter to the Smithsonian Institute asking if someone would come check it out. Amazingly, someone did. What isn't so amazing, though, is the Smithsonian representative said there was nothing to see. Way to go, Smithsonian of the Depression era. Whiteman would not be deterred, so he contacted a local newspaper man, one Edgar Howard, an amateur archaeologist as well as reporter who came out to the area to see what he could find. Howard, unlike his Smithsonian counterparts, discovered not one, but many bone deposits. Not only did he discover bones, but human artifacts with the bones. Since the dig site was near a town, Clovis, New Mexico, the people who used the artifacts came to be known as the Clovis culture. What is interesting about the Clovis culture is that it appears, using carbon dating, to have sprung up around 13,000 years ago. If the timeline is correct, it fits perfectly with the land bridge theory. Well, there you have it. Nothing else to cover? Once again, this has been John Larson with a quest. What's that you say? The shtick is getting old? I, I agree. I'll, I'll stop. I'm sorry. There is, though, contradictory evidence, so we're going to keep going. A really big, glaring problem with this theory is there were people in the Americas before 12 or even 13,000 years ago. Part 2. Row, row, row your boat. It turns out that Clovis isn't the only place with ancient artifacts or bones. South of Clovis, in modern-day Chile, and further west of Clovis, in modern-day Oregon, we find remains that predate the Clovis peoples. I posted a link to a map showing the three areas that includes Clovis on the podcast website, aquestionofhistory.weebly.com. The remains date to over 14,600 years ago, predating the possibility of a land bridge by a minimum of 1,000 years. In other words, people were living in South America 1,000 years before it was even possible to cross a land bridge in Alaska. This, of course, raises another question. Without the land bridge, how were people able to get from Asia to the Americas? The answer, of course, is aliens. No, I'm, no, it's not. It's not aliens. This is not the History Channel. It's not aliens. No, the answer is boats. It is possible that people built boats and sailed along the coastline of the aforementioned Beringia to get to where they would be by 12,000 BC, or about 14,600 years ago. So why have we never found these boats? Because at this point, the boat theory is honestly pure speculation. It turns out that there's a lot more land during the Ice Age, at least 70 meters of shoreline more. The coastline that existed in 12,000 BC is well beneath the oceans today. Again, I've posted a link to a map to this on the website. The map is pretty amazing, but 
for those of you who can't see it, imagine the Gulf of Mexico looking like a large lake connected by Florida and the Yucatan Peninsula and being able to walk to Greenland by land. That's how much less water there was in the oceans at that time. That means that finding remains of ancient peoples is going to be almost impossible. It's hard enough to find fossil deposits today, but having to find it underwater is nearly impossible. Okay, so now we know what really happened. Boats from Asia came around 16,000 years ago by way of the coast around Beringia, past Alaska, Canada, and down to the South Americas, all packaged up with a nice, neat bow. But you guessed it, there's more to the story. Part 3, Critters. There is one more piece of evidence that throws a wrench into the whole theory, and that is genetic evidence. Genetic information used is that of mitochondrial DNA. Now, I'm a history teacher, so when I hear things like DNA, I shy away from it because science. But I do want to go over a couple things that I think will help clear this up. One, unlike more traditional DNA we think of when we hear DNA, the kind I think of, for instance, when I watch Jurassic Park's 1, 2, 3 and Jurassic World, mitochondrial DNA is more or less unchanging. It stays in a nice neat package within the mitochondria. And two, the mitochondria is for the most part passed through the mother instead of the father. With that stated, scientists recently were able to trace the heritage of ancient South American populations, not from China or Siberia, as one would expect from a land bridge or the coastal theories around Beringia. No, what they found was the people had more in common with ancient Australians. Australians that had lived 15 to 30,000 years ago. So how did these even more ancient peoples get to where they did? By the way, if you haven't figured it out by now, there are many more questions than there are answers. A big part of that is we're talking about archaeology and not history. History, the way we look at it today, is written down. There needs to be some kind of written record. Archaeology is the study of bones, the study of fossils, in order to try to recreate a former society. We just don't have enough information. And because of that lack of information, we can really only speculate how people got to South America from Australia. Best guess at this point again? Boats. But we really don't know. Part 4. Conclusion. Now that we have all the information, what do we actually know? First, we believe there was probably a land bridge at the end of the last ice age which connected a piece of land called Beringia where people likely crossed. We also believe that people probably made their way by boat along the coastline of Beringia and down the western coastline of the Americas, settling there and moving east as needed. Finally, there is genetic evidence to suggest ancient South Americans were closer in relation to the ancient people of Australia than they were to any other group, including who we think of as East Asians today. Something I didn't add before, but I think is worth noting, is if you look at the Inuits or Eskimos of the northern latitudes, they have a different mitochondrial DNA makeup than the people on this continent. 
which lead experts to believe there may even be a third or fourth migration to the Americas. And again, there are more questions than answers to how these people got there. Unless, of course, it was aliens, in which case I apologize, History Channel. With everything we have discussed then, let us look back at the original question. When did the first people arrive in the Americas? Was it after the last Ice Age? Was it earlier? Was it multiple times? What do you think? What can you tell us? Thanks for listening. This has been A Question of History. for listening today. My name is John Larson. I am a former teacher, and I'm really hoping these podcasts will be what you need in your classroom. If you have any questions for me or have any ideas for future podcasts, you can get a hold of me at questionofhistory at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at Q of Hist. Finally, if you just go to the website, aquestionofhistory.weebly.com, You can find any episode, uh, not many right now, but we're adding more. And there's also a contact page, which will send it right to the email that I suggested before. Again, thanks so much for listening, and hope to talk to you next time.